Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read it out of the book of James chapter 5. And I actually have a couple of different scriptures that I want to kind of um, um, point to, to this evening. Uh, one, one thing I, for, I did forget to say, those of us that are giving for that, make sure that you identify your gift as um, either Panama or World Evangelism so that we make sure that it goes right there. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, James chapter 5, we're going to read verses 13 uh, through verse 20 in just a moment. Um, but I also want to read one other scripture really quick, and it's out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 18. And uh, I want you to just kind of pay attention to this scripture as you turn to James 5. Uh, but Paul, uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, uh, and uh, I'm going to read a little bit more of this chapter in a moment. But Paul says these powerful words uh, in verse 18. He says, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Now, the reason why that scripture is important this evening is because it tells you and I of how much value you and I are to be to the church. God sets the members into the body as just as he pleased. So God places you and I in the body of Christ. Now, we have to consider the church then. And this is important because I think, you know, as Christians, church becomes um, a good habit for us. It becomes a good habit, you know, and tired, we'll drag ourselves to church, you know. Um, we have other plans. Sometimes we'll kind of, you know, uh, uh, kind of rearrange them because church is a priority. We, we know the routine of coming to church, prayer an hour before our services, worship too fast, too slow, you know, offering announcements, you know, uh, close after the preaching and uh, maybe go fellowship somewhere with somebody. And, and so that's what church is to us. Amen. It's, it's, it's like, like kids, you know, for them, fellowship for them is restaurants. You know, every once in a while, kids will come up to me, Pastor, are we going to go fellowship somewhere? You know, they, they, that's their whole idea. Come to church so that you can go eat somewhere afterwards. Uh, but we can kind of just think of the church as something we do. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. We know the process, the order, the routine. But the church is much more than just three services. The church is much bigger than just two fast and two slow songs. The church, amen, is the family of God. That's what the church is. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is not man's idea, but God's idea. Jesus told Peter, I will build my church. I will build my church. And then he, he speaks about how spiritual 
or the place in the spiritual world or in the kingdom of God that the church has. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against her. So the church is God's idea and it, it exists in a, in a physical world that you and I live in. But it faces, uh, amen, the realities of uh, the demonic. And, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Paul said in Ephesians 6, uh, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. And this is what the church uh, oftentimes is up against. And, and so the church isn't just three services uh, a week. And the church isn't just uh, a place to go and uh, hear God's word before we go in fellowship. Uh, and the church isn't just, uh, amen, a couple of worship songs or a prayer meeting here and there. The church is God's plan. It exists in a dark world uh, to shine the light of Jesus Christ uh, and to fish uh, for the souls uh, of men and women. And the Bible says uh, that God, God, Jesus said, I will build my church. And then Paul says, uh, amen, that God will place the members into the body just as he pleases. In the book of Acts, uh, as uh, God builds the church, the Bible says uh, that uh, they're gathered together at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit falls upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, and, uh, and then they went out evangelizing, witnessing, testifying, preaching, and sharing and talking about God's love. And the Bible says that the Lord began to add to the church daily those uh, who were being saved. God sets the members, each one of them, into the body as he pleases. Now, for the church to do what God calls us to do and to impact this world that is uh, dark that you and I live in, that means that you and I have to be strong in our faith and in our commitments to God. This means that as individual members of God's church, every one of us has a role, and those roles are um, are to be func are are to function and to work in the arena of faith and obedience, so that God can do what He needs to do in each one of us, and then as a whole, as a church, so that we can impact this world. Amen. For God. So I want to read James five thirteen through twenty. And I want to kind of just consider, you know, another scripture here or passage of scripture that talks to you about the impact uh, that we have as God's church. James 5.13, he writes, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He gives us this Old Testament example of a prophet. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if any one of you wonders uh, from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death, and will cover a multitude of sins. 
Now, this is an amazing scripture. And again, we're speaking about the life uh, of the church. The church isn't just four walls, uh, amen, a building off of Highway 285 uh, next to the family dollar. The church is bigger than just two fast and two slow songs. The church is made up uh, of God's people. And God's people have a God mission. And James, in a sense, kind of tackles a number of areas where you and I have to understand that God is taking us from the dimension of the physical into the spiritual and the supernatural as he begins to speak about those who suffer. He says prayer is the answer. Amen. Those who are full of joy, he says worship is the result. He talks about laying hands on the sick and they will recover. He talks about confessing our sins to one another. It's not seeking, you know... um, Uh, forgiveness from one another it's talking about accountability and honesty amen having people that can lift us up pray for us and encourage us when we're in the wrong he speaks about going to the elders he gives us the example of elijah who prayed and god shut up the heavens and then he would pray again and god opened up the heavens he speaks about those who tend to wonder how many know that we have many brethren that are not in their place tonight he says and he who brings that wandering brother back he says you save a soul from hell and so God is taking and showing you and I the responsibility of the church now every one of those roles that you and I are called to fill and serve and function in as members of the body of Christ they have to to be a functioning off of faith faith and Christianity they go together It's almost impossible to have one without the other. And so this can be an encouragement to every one of us who maybe we struggle, amen, at times uh, uh, with our faith. Uh, Faith must increase in every one of our lives. Faith must increase uh, uh, in each one of us uh, for two reasons. One is we benefit from a life of faith. But number two, you're not a lone ranger in the kingdom of God. God has put you in a body of believers, in a family of God. And so your faith needs to increase uh, because you'll benefit from a life of faith as a Christian. But the people that God has surrounded your life with in his church uh, will also benefit. Amen. I need to benefit from your faith uh, just as much as you need to benefit from your faith. Listen to me, brother and sister. I need faith for me, but I also need faith for you. We need each other. And that's what James is talking about in this passage of Scripture. We can talk about faith uh, and the Christian for a moment. In the book of Romans, Paul writes in chapter 10 and verse 8, uh, he says, But what does it say? Now listen to me, because this is going to show you and I something powerful about faith. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Verse 9, very familiar scripture. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The, the Christian life um, is, uh, is built uh, or, 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 or lived by these two thoughts in this scripture. Paul says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we're talking about 
you and I as individual Christians uh, learning how to live a life of faith uh, because when our faith increases, we're blessed by it uh, and others are blessed by it. If my faith is struggling, then I'm hindering what God can do in my life because of a lack of faith. But I'm also hindering what God can do in the life of the church because of my lack of faith. We need faith for ourselves and we need faith for others. Have you ever thought about all the messes we had made prior to coming to Jesus Christ? How many here deserve salvation? The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved. And grace is defined as undeserved or unmerited favor or kindness. There, there was nothing that you and I can do to deserve salvation. The Bible says we're all like, our righteousness is like filthy rags. And so we could not earn salvation. None of us could ever be good enough for salvation. None of us, uh, amen, deserve salvation. Salvation is a gift of grace. Uh, but Paul brings it to us in Romans 10. He says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So your salvation, how many are saved tonight? If you were to die tonight, how many are making heaven your home? We totally believe that. Out of all the messes we've ever made in our entire life, all of our rebellion, all of our, of our uh, uh, you know, selfishness, all of our pride, uh, all the bad things that we've done, and then all of a sudden we're saved and we're making heaven our home simply because we confessed the Lord Jesus and we believed in our heart. That tells you and I something about how powerful faith is, church. You really do believe, after all the bad things you've done, that you're making heaven your home that has everything to do with faith. That's faith right there. I believe, amen, that I was a sinner deserving of death. I also believe that God loved me so much he sacrificed his only son, Jesus Christ, was nailed to a cross, and he died for my sins. I believe that on the third day, God raised him back up to life, and he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. I believe that whoever calls upon him in the name of the Lord, including this dirty sinner, shall be saved. I believe that one day the heavens are going to open, and there's going to be the sound of a trumpet, amen, and the, and the voice of an archangel angel and Jesus Christ is going to descend and the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first and then those who are alive will be caught up to meet him I believe in all that stuff church that's faith that's what makes you and I Christian that's what makes you and I born again that's what causes you and I to identify as a follower of Jesus Christ amen not because we guess or we assume or we hope it's because we believe we believe I completely got off my notes tonight. <clears throat> but I want you and I to understand that. That's the power of faith. I believe I don't have to go to hell no more. I believe because of what he's done for me, I get to make heaven my home. That's faith. <clears throat> it takes faith to believe that Christ, the Son of God, loved you and I enough to die and to raise from the dead. And no matter how bad we were or how bad we are, we can all be forgiven and make heaven our home. That's insane, but that's how faith works. Well, that kind of faith needs to be practiced in every area of our lives. 
It's not enough that we can only believe what might sound simple for faith. We can't only believe what we choose or want to believe. We're going to have to have that same kind of faith in every area of our lives. And the reason why I'm saying this is because faith increased in our lives. We benefit from it and the church that you and I are... God places all the members into the body as he sees fit. Faith increased in our life uh, brings tremendous blessings and benefits to us as individuals and to the church that we're a part of. I want to read another scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Familiar verse of scripture, but listen to This shows you and I how powerful or how important uh, the body of believers or the family of God is to God. He says, Paul says, if one member suffers... All the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You know what he's saying? Is that we benefit from each other. That's what he's saying there. Amen. When you're going through something, listen to me, brother, sister. You're not going through it alone. Some of us are hurting with you. Amen. Now I know it's a burden that you're carrying, but we're going to do what we can to alleviate that burden by praying for you, asking you how you're doing, encouraging you, amen, putting an arm around you or lending you a shoulder to lean on. Amen. And uh, that's what the Bible's talking about. We're in this together. Can you shout amen, church? And when one member is honored, we should all be rejoicing. Every single one of us should be rejoicing. What Paul's speaking about is the body of Christ. In verse 27, he says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Yes, you're your own person, but you were saved by grace and God placed you into his church because you need the church and the church needs you. Mm-mm-mm. Why settle for kibbles and bits when you can have filet mignon? That's what Pastor Polacco used to always say. That's some good stuff, church. Faith brought salvation into our lives. God placed us in the body of believers, in the family of God. And we need his church just as much as his church needs us. So I want to talk to you secondly about Hal's assault on God's church. Now, I believe that the devil is a liar. Because Jesus said that. Jesus said that the devil is a liar and a father of lies. He's a liar. He knows how to speak lies. He knows how to get words and twist them and with them bring deception and deceit and corruption. He knows how to get us to buy his lie. Do you remember when he spoke to Eve in the garden? Eve knew what God said. God said, the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Now the devil comes into the garden disguised as a serpent. And he tells Eve, God didn't mean you will die. He simply meant that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be as God's, knowing good and evil, just like him. And so he's a liar, he's a manipulator, he's a deceiver, he's every bad thing that you could ever think of, amen, it all originated with the devil. You hear me, church? 
And the devil knows how to get into our ear and get into our mind and get us to buy what is a lie. And one of the lies that we often at times buy from hell is that our life is not as important to God or to the church as others. And that is why so many times uh, wonderful people, good Christians, uh, amen, they're involved in the things of God but only from the sidelines. That was a good place to shout amen. This is why too many good Christians, uh, they're not... Uh, involved they're not hands-on they're not uh, amen buried under the work of the gospel they're not involved in ironing sharpening iron all hands to the plow amen they're they're on the sidelines it's not that they're bad people it's not that they're bad christians but we buy this lie that our life is not as significant as others we maybe feel like we've been distributed less talents than others. We don't have gifts like others. Amen. Pastor needs this brother, but he doesn't need me as much. Pastor, amen, our fellowship only is more towards men and leans not as much towards women. We buy all of these stupid lies. Listen, every single person, male, female, amen, adult, child are critical and important uh, to the work of the gospel every single person matters uh, amen god knows this the lord adds daily to the church those being saved god places the members into the body as he sees fit uh, but when you and i amen get involved only from a spectator's point of view it's because the devil's in our ear just like he was with eve and he's saying something to us that is absolutely a lie and destructive. And we began to lend our ear to it and buy it. <clears throat> My point for saying that is that those wonderful gifts that operate under faith, that faith that's supposed to be increasing in our lives as we grow in Jesus and develop, and begin to discover the possibilities of what God can do through us. That wonderful gift, amen, begins to waste. Like the servant who took his talent and buried it. The Bible says because he was afraid. And there are folks in here, amen, faith is increasing in your life. Or God is moving on your heart, amen, to increase faith. Because he wants to begin to deposit things in you that will benefit your life and will benefit, be a benefit to others. I want to go back to our scripture in James, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. <clears throat> Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and prayer. The prayer of the faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one, to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The scripture tells us, amen, if anyone among you wonders, verse 19, from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. These scriptures are important. Because God is speaking to individuals, members that he's placed into the body. And he's telling you and I that people need your prayers. People need your joy. 
Look at them, always all happy. <laughs> well, listen, amen. Eeyore will smile if you keep your joy. They need your song. They need your faith. There's gifts that you have that God's given you. People need them. You have the ability to encourage. We're God's church. We need one another. And it's for that reason that God saved us and placed us in the family of God. That's what our scripture said. If God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. You see, God's church is far more important to us than you and I can even comprehend sometimes. Sometimes you probably think that you're not missed if you're not here. You're missed. You're missed. I remember sitting, to a sis sitting next to a sister one evening in a prayer meeting. And, um, and it was, I had never sat next to her. I'd never, I don't know if I'd ever heard her praying. And uh, this sister, she got saved as a teenager in our church. She's been a part of our church for many years. And I don't know why uh, she's not always uh, gets to be here. But I remember one time sitting next to her and she was praying. And I'm telling you, she was praying in the Holy Ghost. And I don't know if I was going through something that day. I don't know if I was struggling with something in my heart or in my mind. But there I was in a prayer meeting. And I was just desperate to get on my own knees before God. But there was something about her prayers that distracted me in the good. And I was sitting there just so overwhelmed by the presence of God coming from this sister's prayer life. God's church is important to us. It's important. I couldn't imagine what my life might be like if it weren't for the people that God placed in my life that I get to serve with, that I get to serve alongside. I get to worship with God's church. I get to fellowship with God's church. I get to pray and serve the people in God's church. Uh, and so many times they're praying and uh, maybe even serving or meeting needs in my own life. We need each other. I want to work my way to a close this evening. I want to talk about having each other's back. Because verse 19 says something that kind of shows you how important uh, every person is. And you need to be able to see every person like this. Verse 19 says, Brethren, if, if anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Now think about this scripture because James is talking to a person. He is talking to a brother. He's talking to a sister. He is talking to somebody who belongs to the family of God. And he says, you need to know this. He goes, should somebody wonder, and you have the ability to steer them back into the right direction that they should be traveling in. He says, you need to understand two things. One is you turn him from the error of his way. And two, you save a soul from death. Three, he says you cover a multitude of sins. The one tool that God often uses to rescue again and again, those who are perishing or being led astray by hell, the tool that God uses so often is a member of the family of God who has a heart for others. We have to have a heart for each other, church. 
I'm telling you, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I hope it don't sound like I'm just kind of like jabbing our, our two fast songs, two slow songs, you know, I'm just jabbing. What I'm trying to say though, is we can get so stuck in the, in the routine of church uh, that we forget. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. And the Lord added to the day, to the church daily, those who are being saved. We can miss it. We can get so stuck, amen, in the motions. It's time for church. It's time for prayer. What songs are we singing? I like that song. I don't like that song. The bass is off. The drums are off. Uh, the worship leader's off. We can get so stuck. What, is it almost over? Is it time to eat? Where are we fellowshipping? And we miss the whole thing. The church, the church, she's God's. The church is the Lord's, Amen. The church belongs to God. I will build my church. And then God begins to save one by one every single one of us, lost in sin, messed up and crazy. He saves us, delivers us, sets us free. But he don't just leave us wondering like the Lone Ranger and a tonto and a tonto. Amen. He gets us and he places us into the family of God. And he says, you need the church. And the church needs you. Why do we need each other? Because we're going to be sick and we're going to need the prayers of our brethren. Because we're going to wonder sometimes a little bit further than we would like to admit. And we're going to need somebody to bring us back. Amen. We need each other. We need the church and the church needs us. So we have to ask ourselves, uh, is am I functioning in a life of faith uh, that is beneficial to my Christianity and is a blessing uh, to those around me? We have to be willing to make ourselves available. <clears throat> you know, as we grow in Christ, I'm going to close with this last scripture. <clears throat> and it's a little bit lengthy. Actually, I'm going to close with two lengthy scriptures. Is that okay? Thank you. I'm glad you said yes. Let me find it. I was trying to get it earlier and <clears throat> just felt, you know, uh, God placed it on my heart. A familiar verses of scripture, but one of them is out of 1 Corinthians 12 and the other is out of 1 Corinthians 14. And this is when Paul begins to speak about, uh, you know, the function, uh, uh, the, 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 the momentum of the Holy Spirit at work in individuals' lives and in the churches. But the point is so foundational and solid because what it's saying is what I'm trying to tell us tonight. Amen. Is we need to increase in our faith uh, so that we can be blessed and our church can be blessed. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same 
same care for one another. This, I read this scripture earlier. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Listen, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Uh, he says, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnest, earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And so I know we're familiar with that passage of scripture. And I know Paul is speaking to you and I about the order of services and the individual Christian's responsibility and the Holy Ghost at work and the church. But the point of all that is that God puts each one of us into the body. And God, as our faith grows, we learn how God can use us. Amen. Not everybody is ahead. And not everybody is an ear. Not everybody is a prophet. Not everybody's an apostle. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody has, amen, a gift, a, a same, the same gift. That means that God individually has blessed many of us very different from one another. And there's one reason. Because that gift, that uh, measure of faith that allows you and I to practice the gifts of God in us, we benefit from it, and the church benefits. So I have to ask us a question. How many of us are contending to be used by God? How many of us are contending for the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How many of us are seeking all that God has for us so that our lives can benefit and so that others can benefit from it? How many of us have wondered who's going to interpret a prophecy? How many of us have ever asked God, Lord, maybe I can be that interpreter? How many have asked, how come there is no prophecy? That was a powerful sermon of very um, uh, tangible presence of God. Well, how many of us have said, Lord, what if, I, what if you can use me to prophesy? How many of us have said, I wonder how come pastor don't go and pray for them? He knows they're sick. How many of us have said, Lord, what if you gave me the gift of healing so that I can pray for them? I know they're sick. You hear what I'm saying, church? Is we have to contend, Lord, what is it that you have for me? Because I want to grow, and I want to be used by God. Lord, but I want everything that you can deposit into my life, I want it to be a blessing, amen, to the church that you placed me in. How many know nobody tricked you to come here? Nobody bribed you to come over here. You got saved. You encountered the love of Jesus Christ. And God placed you where he knew you can be blessed and where you can be a blessing to others. One more scripture, 1 Corinthians 14. <clears throat> Paul writes these words, verse 1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Who are you tongue-talking Christians speaking to? To God. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Right? Our faith has to increase 
so that we can exercise the gifts that God wants to put in our lives. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And the point that I'm trying to make, not to have a, you know, a debate on what's what, the point is our faith has to increase because we need to benefit from what God wants to do and others need to be able to benefit as well. I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. My whole point tonight, church, was that we need each other. We need each other. There are too many people, too many times in too many churches, they're takers and not givers. We're recipients of every good thing that we can get from our church. And the church, that's what, you know, we want a good church is able to give. Right? And people look for that when they're, when they're shopping for a church. They're looking for a church that has marriage classes, and they're looking for a church that has parent classes, and they're looking for a church that has single classes, and they're looking for a church that has all of these wonderful things, a beautiful playground, and, uh, you know, nice padded pews, and a paid uh, worship leader, you know, and... Listen, when people are looking for a church, they're looking for what the church can do for them. And I get that. A good church is able to be a blessing to its community and to its members. But we're the church. Individual members. God placed us into the body as he sees fit. And we need to come to a place where we can grow in our faith with God. We have to be able to grow in our faith so that we're not just receiving from the church but we can begin to give of ourselves you hear me tonight church that's what god wants to do in our lives i'm not i'm not i'm not here stepping on anybody if you're a taker amen take heck yeah there's a bunch of bread over there take some with you take we should be able to leave a service and say that was powerful i feel good i'm ready for monday amen that was a good sunday we should be able to receive Amen. I was at a low point in my life and brother or sister so-and-so came shouldered up next to me and they just spoke the right words at the right time that I needed to hear. Amen. We need to receive. But we also need to begin to grow in our faith and contend for every good thing that God wants to deposit in our lives so that we're not just receiving, but we can be able to give. You know, years ago I went, I went to Israel and, um, and uh, we got to visit uh, the Dead Sea. And the reason why it's the Dead Sea is because there's no outlets. All it does is take. And so everything in there, it's dead. There's nothing, no life there. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. And what allows there to be life in any other kind of body of water is that there's an inlet. It's able to receive, but there's also an outlet. It's able to release and able to send. And in the Dead Sea, all it does is receive. And so everything in it is dead. Listen to me, church. We have to be able to receive, but we also have to be able to give. I want to ask you to bow your head with me tonight. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, 
On the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.